Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Town TV. I am Paul, and with me today are Luke and producer Dave. Today, we are unbelievably excited because we get to talk about The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf. And we are huge fans of season one of the Netflix series, which has actually spurred us to read the books. And that was the real beginning of our love for this world. Um, also, Nightmare of the Wolf is a mix between one of our other greatest loves, anime. I mean, I, I couldn't have asked for anything better. I absolutely loved it. Um, on the second rewatch as well. Um, and this is a great teaser, basically, for season two. And I cannot freaking wait for December 17th. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So let me ask you guys, what did you guys think of the movie? Yeah, I have so many thoughts to say right now. But just initially, it was fantastic. The animation was probably a 10 out of 10. Um, the anime style was so good. If you guys didn't know, it was the same animator. I don't know if it was the same animator or same adam- animation studio as uh, Legend of Korra. So it kind of looked a little I was, similar. I was just gonna I was gonna say it looked so much like Avatar the Last Airbender it's, to me. It was way better than Korra's animation. Like oh yeah. I, I just thought it was incredibly done. And to to go off a little bit more about Paul, what you were saying. So not only did this um our love for the season one of The Witcher spawn us all to read all the books. So us three are pretty, I would say, versed in just the main lore of like the book canon stuff. But I think Paul also went in ahead and played the game. And none of us have ever played the games before. I'm waiting for the PS5 remake of Witcher 3 before I do it. But there's a lot to talk about in what's canon and what universe is what in The Witcher. And we'll get to that in a second. But Dave, what did you think? Without a doubt, uh, an incredible movie just from animation, soundtrack, just plot alone was just amazing. 10 out of 10 for me. Um, I'm excited to finally get on the podcast and talk Witcher because uh, we our podcast started a little bit after the release of season one, I want to say. So we've never had a chance to really let ourselves go with this kind of information. And plus like, you know, we all freshly, like you guys said, we all freshly just read the books. So, you know, we're coming in hot with all this knowledge now and like, we're able to, it's great being able to watch something like this and be able to put pieces together of like characters that we see in this prequel to, you know, all that stuff. So I'm excited. Yeah. One of the good things about this movie too, is you cannot have watched season one of the witcher not read any books this is your first exposure to this world and it is still a good movie like it does make sense um but on the reverse side of that if you did read the books or watch season one this gives little hints and little nods to so many different things and different characters different scenes and it's just so rewarding for fans that do love this world and this lore yeah, the first fight scene that you get with Vesemir, which before we go back to his childhood, is just incredible because it shows you all, all pretty much if you've only watched the show, it shows you all of we what we learned from Geralt in the Netflix show and more. Like we saw him take the potions. We saw that in real time, which we knew from Geralt and stuff. We saw the extent of the different powers he's capable of using, the hand signs, which I know if you played any of the games, you know all about that stuff. But And it just showed you how agile, how confident and what they can do to monsters of the highest level of this world. I just it was masterfully done and it it skips like 45 minutes of exposition, throws it into one battle scene that looks like perfection. I just loved how they started this. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I was not prepared. It is TVMA and, you know, it, it was similar to Castlevania and I did watch that and that was gory. But like I was like, okay, like, I don't know how like violent this is going to be mm-hmm. and then first scene gore everywhere just like that lesson just killing that family like that little daughter just ripped apart mm-hmm. like in front of everybody i was like oh 
okay so it's gonna be really explicit there we go that was really fucked up that whole scene just because like i mean i didn't know like i knew i guess vesemir was gonna be the main character but like i didn't know how this family was gonna tie in i thought maybe they would have some importance and then Mm -hmm. the father just gets fucked up and i'm just like well this is a great start to the to the movie that just instantly sold me yeah definitely set the tone um and just to give a little background of when this movie does take place um, it takes place before season one of the Netflix series, which, you know, that doesn't really say a lot because season one was all over the place. But this is the rise of Vesemir from a young boy to a master witcher. And spoiler, if you haven't seen the movie yet, at the very end, there's a big reveal. This is also the beginning of Geralt's training um, at Caramorn. So this is I'm not going to claim any of this for myself because i found some digging on reddit and just just to see what timelines lined up with to see what universe that this movie adaption could be placed in and it count and it seems to me that it breaks too many rules for the books so that can't be true and just specifically talking about the timeline itself it's just impossible because so so uh, a, a quote i have here it says it cannot be canon book canon at least because Geralt was never at Kaer Morin when it fell and if you went by the movie Vesemir would only be about 160ish by the time the books start mm-hmm. but in the books he's actually around 300 years old so mm-hmm. there's a lot of connecting there that it, it means that it's not going to be book canon which is reasonable because he uh the writer of the books i forget his name Sapkowski yeah he hates he doesn't really consider anything that's not the book's canon, which makes sense. So the the good thing, though, is this movie seems to be able to if you can stretch your imagination a tiny bit about we don't we don't get a lot of explicit reveals about the past in the Netflix show, but it fits in the Netflix show canon, in my opinion. I, I'm going to take it like that. I'm treating this as like how it happened, how Geralt got to where he was, how Vesemir, who we're going to explore in season two of the Netflix show very explicitly how like he became who he was. Yeah, I'm going to I'm personally going to agree with you on that. I think I'm going to take the books separately mm-hmm. as the show and the movie. And another thing that I guess we can compare there too is that in the sh- in the movie here Deglin Deglin. is Vesemir's tutor, but I'm pretty sure in the Witcher games it's explained that a man named Barman Mm -hmm. was Vesemir's tutor. So there's small differences. Overall, plot does kind of, in some ways, like you said, match up, but overall, I'm just going to keep it completely separate. And I think for what it's worth, though, introducing this movie as part of the canon to the show was a great idea. And especially how it was animated versus like live action, I guess. Yeah, I'm totally treating it like canon. And we'll talk about this probably towards the end of the podcast, but the fall of Caremorn is explicitly different than how it was described in the book. So yes. like, it, it, it can't be yeah, the same. I'm, I'm glad you cleared that up for me because I was trying to fit this in like canon for the books and everything. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really make sense yeah. to me because, you know, like, like you said, Geralt wasn't there during the fall. Um, Geralt was like, being trained as one after they were already starting to witchers that is starting to become scarce. Mm-hmm. So that does make sense. Thank you for clearing that up. Also, just to give you a little sense of the geography here. Um, so this movie mainly takes place in Caramorn, which is witchers training and home. And that's, that's like the Northeast. That's no, it's pretty much as North as you can go. Okay. Yeah, it is. It is a little Northeast, but yeah. it, it's, it's North as the map goes. And then the kingdom that it takes place in is Cadwan. And that's, mm-hmm. Pretty north, but more central. It's right below Caramorn, but you know, more central to everything. So a problem I have with the books actually is they don't go too deep into the political world building from other countries' point of view. Like you hear it all through 
Geralt and Dandelion and Siri while they're traveling, but you don't get too many points of views of other countries. You have like that one chapter where you see the spy. His name's like Jikstra. Yeah, yeah, whatever. He's in one of the other countries, but you don't really get to see it. So they kind of all blend to me. Like in my head right now, I I can't really tell you what the difference between Catawan is. Um, They have, isn't there one that starts with an R that's the same? Basically, Redania. Redania. Like I can't really, I don't really have. (laughs) No, well, okay. Well, Sintra obviously is going to be the the big one, but like all the other ones. Yeah, Novgorod, which is south and stuff. But all the other ones kind of blend together, which I guess is, is partially my fault for never having played the games do you have a good sense of the map from the games like does that is that is that clear to you yeah definitely that that does a huge i mean i'm saying that as i have the map up right in front of me yeah but no i do have a good sense of the map just because the witcher 3 does force you when you're fast traveling when you're traveling from place to place you literally have to scroll over the map and it does give you geography so to play i'm so excited it's so good uh yeah like luke said I did start playing Witcher 3 as soon as I watched season one. I got addicted and finished the books, and it was just hours upon hours. I'm like, oh, my God. I think the game made me fall like more in love with it, too, because there's so much more deep lore mm-hmm. that isn't technically canon, but like people take it as canon now. People take a lot of the game as like what happened after the books because he, the writer of the books never writes anything after, and like this mm-hmm. all takes place, so you can't really unvalidate anything until he comes out with stuff so it kind of makes sense but uh i did have a quick question for you so like you just said the game puts you way more into the lore and the world and it it feels more vibrant and stuff one of my biggest surprises when i was reading the book is kind of the lack of monsters in it like Geralt doesn't really deal with that many monsters like a handful every book Mm -hmm. when i was thinking it's going to be like his main job which it totally is but a lot of it is his past of who he's killed in the backs in the in before the main plot and stuff but that's why i think another credit to this animated movie it, it was awesome seeing things like the strigas they get talked about and just like the you know everything in the bog like all those monsters mm. that's the kind of shit that i think they're going to lean into a little bit more in season two of netflix yeah. to show how good henry cavill is being Carol and kicking ass yeah like the demon that took over vesemir's mother yeah Damar, yeah yeah, yeah. Demon, yeah. I just think that the books just end up taking a very much political route because I think, yes, there's monsters in the world, but they're not like world ending creatures where these wars, if they continue on, will end the like end the world, essentially. So I think the book focuses more on that. But I agree. It was great seeing all the monsters Mm -hmm. in this show. And hopefully we get more in the TV show because just watching these kind of fights are just incredible. And like just it, it provides more lore into the world, just seeing like especially in here how there's crossbreeding and like so it's not even just yeah yeah, so it's not even just one species of animal there are mages who combine species of creatures and it's just it just the movie does a great job and i just i would agree with you in the fact that i would love to see more monsters come Mm -hmm. out you know the biggest monsters are bureaucrats witchers i thought you were gonna say witchers no no witchers are the shit Eh, Um, bureaucrats (laughs) but all right yeah let's just jump right into the movie we're gonna kind of be all over the place we're just gonna talk about everything we liked but I want to say the first thing right off the bat, I loved Vesemir. I thought, you know, this this younger version of Vesemir, already Master Witcher, so cocky, so charming, like compared to the very serious Geralt we get mm-hmm. in season one. Um, like he's he's fighting this lesson, like at the end of the opening scene. And he's like, you know, no talking. Like usually we can verse, you know, a little foreplay, <laughs> like all the good stuff. And it's 
It's so fun to watch. I, I love his art too. I think he just physically looks dope. Yeah, definitely. Especially when he drinks the potion, his eyes go black and like the crackling comes in. It's so nice. But I agree, Paul. I love how it's just a different because we're so used to the Geralt just by the books, Witcher, just do things for your own. Well, I guess he's doing it for his own purposes as well. But like just the, the comical side of this is like it, it shows that not all witches are like Geralt. I guess. And Geralt is hilarious in the book, but in a condescending, quick witted yes. way where I mean, I guess quick witted isn't the right word because Vesemir is also quick witted. But it's such a they have like opposite levels of comedy and they both work really well. But it's it's refreshing to see Vesemir's yeah. mm-hmm. Geralt gives like backhanded insult compliments yeah. and Vesemir is just like a fuckhead, like just says whatever he yeah. wants. Mm-hmm. And I will say I have way more respect for Vesemir after this movie. Obviously, he was a beast in it. But, you know, the Vesemir we get in the games, it, he looks like this old, long gray hair and like plump dude he reminds me of the cow dallas cowboys uh, head coach from like a few years back i can't remember his name no <laughs> like rex ryan had long white hair and was a little plump at some point in time so <laughs> is before we get to like the flashback to when we see vesemir as a kid for the first time in the exorcism scene stuff like that when is the first time we see phil offense phil vandra after, after the it's back, right after the, fu- the after opening the, fight right after the backstory as well like after the exorcism well, no, 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 because I I think it's you see him for a oh, second no, you're early. Right, you're right, you're right. And I just wanted to bring that up because you you guys know who that is, right? Philophandra? Philophandra. Yeah. He's, he's the king Phil? of elves in the books or whatever. Maybe not. King no, no, elves. no. Because, okay, so in the in the show itself and the books, the first time I think you see him is that chapter where there's like a devil in the cornfield and he ends up, you know, like the villagers hire Geralt to kill the devil, but it turns out the devil wasn't really evil. Mm-hmm. And he leads them to all the elves who are now at the beginning of the social phase where they're forming that clan. That's going to be so a faction for the whole story. Yeah. And he is the one that had Dandelion and Geralt tied up and was going to literally murder them. Mm-hmm. Gets talked out of it and decides to trust on Geralt because what happens? Do you remember? Geralt's a beast. Yeah. He's just a beast. And he actually gives Dandelion the like legendary, um, loot loot that he uses throughout most of the story it's like a special yeah you know mythical loot that he gives him which because is cool they snapped his over their knee when they had him as yeah, pr- yeah, yeah, yeah so it was cool to see him but dave what you're thinking of is he becomes basically a right-hand man of francesca, francesca yeah. who is francesca is the elf queen, queen eventually right. she's just a fucking dope character yeah i love francesca a lot and yeah. uh, hopefully we will see a lot more of her going forward phil mm-hmm. evangel is one of a key character in the witcher 3 so oh really it's, it's really cool to see like the lore that they made up beyond what the books give and stuff like that mm-hmm. oh and that was what i was going with earlier is what you were saying about vesemir being old like even in the books too Vesemir is known as the oldest witcher in Kyra Morin, and mm-hmm. I think at the time, at, like still the oldest. So it's cool seeing is, him yeah. in action because even then, like we don't really, we just know him as the oldest. Like we don't see him really fight or what he does. And that times super well with like the end of this. That like mm-hmm. you know makes sense because he is the only one that's there to teach all the new generations, the last generations. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luke, do you, I figured that you really liked the power struggle when we were in the like, the the king's court in quite uh quaidon quaidon in quaidon and there was like the power struggle between you know just some of the assembly and uh gilchrist tetra gilchrist who was just so anti-witcher i loved how that just getting support and presenting their evidence to the king and like mm-hmm. hey you gotta have a good argument and lady zerbst was so quick just shit on tetra the entire first scene that we got 
and it was so satisfying. I, I got a terrible read on Tetra. Like every time she like, yes, I thought she was going to be good. And then obviously it was turned out she was going to be anti Witcher. And then I was like, okay, she's going to be a bitch. But once she hangs out with Vesemir, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a thing anymore. Yeah. And then she is, I, she just went the complete most evil route. Yeah. Because of the ending. We'll talk about that later. But like, wow, I did not see Tetra coming. No, I thought she was going to be good. Exactly yeah. what you're saying. When... She looks exactly like, uh, Cora's girlfriend too right <laughs> oh yeah the black haired girl uh, she's not a firebender right she rides the her thing her father's that... like the richest like is the inventor of like cars yeah, cars yeah, essentially yeah, but yeah oh, that's a good point I didn't think about they that they look exactly yeah, like yeah. same animation studio <laughs> but then we go into the we talked about Phil Evangel and then we go into the uh, exorcism which I thought was really well done as well just because you see this drunk witcher again another side of a witcher that we kind of like already had seen but not really like again they they're just showing their own personality I feel like mm-hmm. sure he's a drunk but he knows exactly what he's doing when the time comes like he's fucking with Vesemir and his girl uh, Ileana just like kind of being a douche but then he proves his worth when he comes to the exorcism and exercises that spider thing that seemed to be pretty powerful honestly dude what a fucking cool ass throw of the knife by yeah, Deglin at I the end that. when he finally escapes and he's like, you know, transforming and stuff. Mm-hmm. They there's a couple of good knife throws in this movie. And well, you know, one of the best ones is Vesemir's later. He doesn't even like throw it. He like puts the knife in the air and smacks the handle and it like spins at like an enemy. <laughs> they just I don't know how, but they came up with such good like animation qualities for how the witcher is going to fight because like who yeah. saw the chain thing coming either from vesemir that was wild mm. Attack i on love titan. that i was yeah, yeah. Attack on titan. that's exactly what i was thinking one of the other awesome things about vesemir fighting too is they did show you in that opening scene when he was fighting the lesson he coated his blade in oils and that oh, i missed that that was like a huge nod to the games which is that is a huge mechanic in one of the in part of the games is mm-hmm. like you find ingredients and recipes you create coats and oils to put on your sword and then that's super effective when you go on and fight so i love how they're just incorporating the Mm -hmm. game aspects of the game into this and like one of the huge ones was you know the use of igni one of the the fire sign yeah did they ever use that in the books i'm trying to remember and i don't remember the, the thing about the books and also the show too if it follows along closely with the books is Geralt. Because the Witcher clan isn't really a thing, Cairmorn's already in fall, and we're hundreds of years past that, and Witchers are very sparse, they don't have easy access to the materials that give them the potions. And basically, Geralt never ends up using the potions that make his eyes go all black, mm-hmm. because after the first like book or two, he runs out, and he's doing shit the entire time, never finds other ingredients. So it's kind of hard, because that's why he doesn't cast that much either, because mm-hmm. he doesn't have like everything he needs so it's kind of hard to tell and if you're just a show watcher you probably think the magic is less important to the witchers than it can be but if they have the materials they're i think they're just balling out right like they're just shooting fireballs i think we proved that in this movie i mean the amount yeah. of times they do that like it, they use magic is absurd like yeah. it's honestly as equal equal to the amount of times he's using his sword almost mm-hmm. it feels like yeah I'll, I'll touch on that at the very end um that was actually one of the things i kind of <laughs> wasn't a huge fan of, of how they portrayed but i mean it was still cool as fuck saying they used it. overpowered magic yeah yeah no i saw people complaining from a game perspective saying like what the fuck is that fire in the lake like how how can you be that strong it's yeah. supposed to be mm-hmm. a little bit more supplemental than like mm-hmm. a main attacking thing right yeah yeah like the main th- the way to look at it is I mean, the witches call it magic, but it's like the base form of magic. And like mm. the whole thing is that mages look down 
on witches that use it because mages study for centuries and centuries to to perfect this magic and then they do like little silly parlor tricks yeah and they're like dude that's not magic that's like a pathetic excuse of a push i guess it's supposed to be more like how they actually do show it in the netflix season one when Geralt's only really using it to like buy mm-hmm. him some space when he's pushing the art rather push. than yeah making it which i really like still. dude i want to play the game so badly. i can't <laughs> wait man but I want to say two things. We get the the big quote here of never hesitate during the exorcism. Never want to hesitate. That's a big, that'll hit home for Vesemir later on. And then the reason why Phil Evangel's scene was so important was because he introduces Vesemir to a potential uh, form, like the one of the antagonists of the show, essentially, or the movie saying um, there's this elf gone missing. Her name's Kitra or Kitris, whatever. So we get introduced Kitsu. to Kitsu. We get introduced to her right away. So I just wanted to point that out in the beginning. Also, yeah, just just realized that the the first time we do see Phil Evangel, which we were talking to, it was the the classic bathtub scene where Vesemir mm-hmm. is in the bathtub. And I was watching an interview with one of the showrunners, and uh, she was saying like, yeah, like if you do Witcher in any sense, like you need you a need bathtub. To do that, it's yeah. a bathtub <laughs> scene is a necessity. That's too sweet. Um, but also at the end of that scene, it was just a little something that was funny. He like. He like looks at the pie and then he gets a flashback to when he was young and he says Ileana and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But when the first time I saw it and he looked at the pie, I was like, he like hesitates and pauses and I was like, is, is he gonna fuck it? Is, he, is this like American, <laughs> is he pie? American pie? Yeah, yeah Battle of Karen Warren, American Pie. So uh, is is uh, we don't really have to go into details because it's just a basic, pretty much boring background of Ileana and Vesemir being like servants, whatever. Mm-hmm. Is, is her last name? Do we find it out here? No, I okay. Think she adopts the name though. Okay, I yeah, I think she marries name, into like, it. It's, yeah, it's only Ileana. So as we know I was going to ask. I guess she's just made up for the show. I don't know if we know any lore about her. I personally, that does not ring a bell. So okay. when I was looking on the Wikipedia, it doesn't even mention her as a character. It does mention Vesemir's one, his first love on the Wikipedia, which is not Ileana, was someone different. So I think it's just a character. That okay, grew up just a representation yeah. of her because she's kind of a little jag in the beginning, a little bitchy, like freaking out at him for wanting to leave. Yeah, he had bigger, like they were poor, poverty, yeah. like both of them were born into poverty. They're both going to be not slaves, but just bitches the rest of their life, essentially. And he was like, I want out of here. And she's like, why? We have a roof over our head. And he's like, it's barely a roof. We have food, barely enough food. So he when, wants to get out. And, and he makes the right decision because he just chases Deglin, who kind of he tempted him. Yeah, he definitely did with the money. Yeah. And showing him the power. Oh, he did that on purpose. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He, he admits it later. He's like, you did that on purpose. Deglin doesn't agree, but he's like, you were flashing. Yeah. It's me what you're doing. So, yeah, he gets the care more. And oh, my God, this training looks horrible. The trial of grasses. <laughs> loved seeing it, though. I thought it, it was is. like it, it needed to be basically as intense as it was. If it was going to have the the death rate that they mentioned multiple mm-hmm. times throughout every single one of the mediums, like the trial grasses, the trial of grasses, no one survives. It fucks your body up. You go through all these poisons and shit. And that's quite literally why Geralt's hair is white. Cause he had like the most intense transformation. Yeah. That, that shit is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a slight breakdown for those of you that know the full details. There's three trials, technically four. I mean, one is trial of the sword, but it's not an actual trial. It's just, you need to, Awesome, awesome with the sword yeah. um and then there's a trial of the grasses which is the potion which is a potion of various alchemical alchemy 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 chemicals alchemical yeah ingredients which affects their nervous system aka their enhanced reflexes uh there's the trial of dreams which is the mutation of the eyes the bone marrow and the hormones which also makes them infertile that's the whole thing and then the trial of the mountains which 
which in the books, I assumed it was like a run through a course. There's obstacles. You need to go through it in this. Like that's I, what Siri basically goes through. Yeah. In this, I think their trial was just rake, waking up in the Red Swan. Yeah. And then half of them just getting fucking ripped apart. <laughs> Dude. Unbelievable, man. Those things were so fast. Mm. Did they name those kind of uh, monsters? They were wi- uh, not wisps. They were willow. Uh, fuck. Willow whites. Something <laughs> race. Something. Race. Yeah, yeah. That's what they were. They yeah. were race. And th- I mean, there were two different types of monsters. Like they the were, ones, yeah. the race were the super quick ones in the very beginning that kill like three of them right. They're like off zombie the looking things. Yeah, yeah. And, and we see that one dude get his arm ripped off, but still live. And then later on, that's the Witcher with the with the one arm, with the one arm who oh, saves I Vesemir. That. Yeah, I, yeah. I noticed the one arm guy later. I didn't put that together though. Yeah, like Vesemir's like right before they go to bed, like one dude's crying, and Vesemir's like, "Hey, dude, don't worry about it. You'll be okay." And then like later in the Red Swamp, he gets his arms ripped off. Tomas or Tom, Thomas? Thomas. Or, is that what it was? Thomas Tomas. T O M A S is how it's spelled. Gotcha. He's also the one that informs Vesemir of uh, mages. There are mages in Kyra Morin um, that are just like old and um, they're the ones who are responsible for the trials and everything who create witchers, essentially. I mean, that was just gruesome as hell. So after the, yeah, the trials were brutal after that. They all, do they get their medallions after that? I think they had, they, had them, they had them before they, they wake before? up oh, with okay. them because right, right. everyone that dies, they take it and put it on the like the tree as like a mem- remembrance. Right. So Vesemir wakes up after the tri- one of the trials and his coins kind of going crazy. And there's like a locked door that he explores behind and he goes into the basement and sees that there's a bunch of disgusting monsters just everywhere. It's down like there. a mad scientist. Like there people get yeah. their, things are getting like um, pride. Dissected. Open, dissected and shit, yeah. yeah. And then we get introduced to ride Rick. That's his name. Okay. Who's the uh, the old mage who is responsible for overseeing the trials for them? Yeah, the trial. The, he creates all the the potions mm-hmm. for the trial of grasses. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, he looks like a boss. Um, yeah, he has a cool character design. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought he was really cool. I thought he was a little fucked up, but I mean, it it does introduce the idea that mages will pretty much do whatever in the name of science and curiosity. Like, what happens if this? If I do this, what happens if I do that? And we get that in the books too, which is awesome. So it's cool to see how the transformation of just the beginning of science, essentially with crossbreeding into what it becomes into the books. But we get through the him drinking the uh, trial of dreams and it's pretty brutal. Ileana is responsible essentially for helping him survive that. He's just constantly thinking of her. He's She's the motivation for him to survive. And then we transition into an older Vesemir. Who... Wait, real quick, though. Do we see his eyes turn cat-ish in yeah. that scene, too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like the final trials that they go full Geralt, where that gives him like night vision. They get these orange, yeah, the orange. Yeah. Uh, he like closed his eyes in pain, and I was saying to Emily, he's going to open them. He's going to open them. They're going to be witcher eyes. Yes. And they did. But he wakes up, and then we get a, that quick little fight of him for fighting a werewolf, which was really cool, too. When he's hunting it down, he's fucking spinning everywhere, cuts the werewolf's arm off and all that shit. It was just really a good. crazy cool montage. That's when he's older. Yeah. So it's like a great montage of him just... it's It skips. You can assume it's like 50, 60 years, because I think when he meets up back up with Ileana, she says she's 70. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just a good montage to show that Time means so little to witchers if they can really live three centuries, four centuries, whatever. But it, it was just cool seeing him gain. We we see the source of all of his confidence. We see the source of all of the money that he has to live on and just how he has dealt with all these different monsters. And I'm just like basically copying Geralt's backstory and just assuming it was essentially like that. 
I love yeah. him versus like the zombies in the cave when he finishes them all off by just I know it's kind of yeah, it might yeah, be like overpowered, but yeah. he throws the fucking fireball and just all of them just disintegrate and he's mm-hmm. just sitting there smiling. It's just such a badass yeah. scene. He's just like surrounded by like a million ghouls. Yeah, he's just fucking them all and up. he starts smiling. He's like, Oh man, it's gonna be fun. And then it's raining gold on him. He's just like in the town, yeah. he's holding up his posters that he's like slain all these beasts and he's fucking he's just living life as a witcher right now. And he clearly made the right choice in his mind way back in the day fuck dude the witchers are so cool would you be one would you rather be a servant that just like dies under a random lord or would you try and go through the trials that's what vesemir was saying i think the trials would fuck i'm i'm dead but i would still probably do it (laughs) it depends on where i'm if if i'm in vesemir's position if i'm just gonna be a lowly servant fuck it why not but if i'm already like in royalty maybe not but i mean you got a 50 50 shot of dying by diarrhea in that age so it's like (laughs) might as well just be a witcher Yeah, uh what you're saying in training and all the other kids in the in the barn or whatever, the shed are sleeping and trying to go to bed. He's like giving them a pep talk saying like, hey, like if we become a witcher, we're not going to have to be scared of anything again. Like witchers are the ones that kill all yeah. the threats. So like I would rather do this than live like a life as a peasant. And I was like, that makes kind of a lot of sense, man. No, it really does. We're also introduced as the montage finished. We also see him with his fellow witchers. Uh, it's es- Eskel, Lambert, Lambert, and Remus. Remus? Eskel, Lambert, and Remus, yeah. And then also was Luca, another- Luca, the redhead one. Yeah. Maybe, or maybe that's later. We I thought Lambert him. was in training. Oh, maybe those are the kids. Are those sorry, the kids yes, that they that's it. They yeah, are sorry, the kids. Sorry, names. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Luca is one of the He's witches. The yeah, he yeah. is the redhead. I think he looked like a boss. Thought he was going to be way cooler, and then he gets his head chopped off real quick. That was I not was real like, quick. That was okay. I have questions about that too, but are we just jumping there? It doesn't matter. Um, I mean, we can get there. We can. It's just basically they get like they go out and get properly drunk at a bar. They fuck. They. F- uh, those guards from the castle are fucking with them. Like you guys are witchers, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. No one wants you. They kill them and they get arrested. Yeah, but the ending of it is is after the whole mission where mm-hmm. Gerald and I mean <laughs> Vesemir and Tetra, you know, go back and whatever. And when and when they go back to the palace, Vesemir leaves without even caring about Luca and leaves him just in their jail. And then mm-hmm. he dies. Like I why think he, he left. Uh, Ileana response and like responsible for him. He's like, yeah, but why watch. would you leave without Luca? What is he? You did your job for the kingdom. I think he's already like he shouldn't even be allowed to leave in the first place. I think I think like they're prisoners yeah. and like Ileana because she knew Vesemir was like okay, okay, we need him to do something about the people out there. Otherwise, we're still gonna die. So like, let's just leave. Let one of them go while the other one's still here. Because I think like at the end of the day, Vesemir like they thought that Vesemir would still come back for him. You know, at the end of the, like so yeah. Um, but yeah, this is where we get the reveal. So Lady Zerps, who was countering Tetra Gilchrist at the beginning of the movie, um, here we see her reunite with Vesemir and it's Lady Ileana, which I will say in my mind, I kind of saw coming. Like I saw as we kind of got a little bit more into the backstory, I was looking at Lady Zerps and I was like, you know, her eyes are very similar. Like the hairstyle is kind of similar to Ileana. So not that big of a surprise for me personally, but honestly, I thought it was a well done still reveal. I, I, you break this tie because I felt like just through your explanation, like, and talking to you before the podcast, I feel like an idiot for not have having instantly guessed that. But I guess I was just also not really taking detailed notes and I just like let it happen. But I was like, whoa, Ileana, that's cool. I, I liked it. And I think going back to it's easier to view it as 
a better reveal just because the first time you're watching it, you're seeing those montages. You're like, okay, yeah. what is this? Like a couple of years, blah, blah, blah. And then like when you finally see him at this point and then it's 60, 70 years later, it's like, okay, yeah. holy shit, that's wild. But that's that's probably what I can hang my hat on is I did not assume it was 60 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did my classic Paul. Um, I called it five seconds before they explicitly said it. <laughs> that's Ileana. <laughs> yeah, like she comes out of the shadows and she's all in front of Vesemir. And I was like, that's Ileana. And then, you know, Vesemir says it five seconds later. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't really count. It kind of does. So I didn't I didn't realize it going going into it. But was this so is this after the mission with Tetra? No, uh, we were right, that's kind this of right, is where right we're before, at. Yeah. right before. Okay. So we're now, uh, like we said, um, Ileana basically grants pardonship for Vesemir just to go out and fight this monster that's been killing a lot of the townspeople, essentially. So they're going to leave it to him. But Tetra doesn't trust Vesemir, I believe as a witcher to kill this thing. So she's like, I'm going to tag along or maybe he thinks that because she's strong, like brings regardless, they're going together to fight this yeah. monster. That's been mm-hmm. killing the town. It's basically a chaperone and Vesemir is like talking, talking this whole time. It's cutting through scenes. Ted is not saying a word. Vesemir is saying like, it's a business. That's what you don't understand. <laughs> like it's all about the coin. Like, I was getting a lot of, uh, Geralt and instead of it being Dandelion, Geralt, yeah, I, was, I was thinking of him as Dandelion in this scenario and her being Geralt. I guess like, we should be saying Yasker because that's kind of Yasker, more yeah. common, Yasker, common thing. For Dandelion. those that don't know, yeah, Dandelion is the, the character that Yasker is based off of. They're the same person and it's just the same bard same. who's the man. Mm-hmm. But before we get to like the fighting parts of this trip, they have that one part by the campfire, which is just to me blew my mind that they were I didn't know that this could be a thing, but what Tetra starts doing is she just basically starts randomly playing with the fire and like using magic based on the fire. Mm-hmm. And then Vesemir says right away, like I thought that was like forbidden for any mages to do. And if you're a book reader, you know what's coming. That is an incredibly going to be an incredibly important plot point way down the road for the, our main series. I mean, and even in the even cool. in the even in the show at the very end, you kind of get a little taste of it because uh, what's her name? is using fire magic at the end of the at the war and like mm-hmm. that was a huge deal for their side that was like the yeah. main reason that they were even in that battle like to even though they lost but that was the main reason that kept them in the battle yeah yeah that was sweet how they're like yeah it's usually forbidden but because most mages can't handle it and control yeah. it but i'm a boss so it really did show how powerful of a mage that this tetra character actually was do we get the explanation of like who like how why is she so strong yet at this point in time? I mean, she's just a driven mage and all mages, well, we, if you study hard enough, can be a badass, I think. They also mentioned that she was the descendant of the very first human mage. Like, oh, yeah. So her mm-hmm. ancestors were already gifted in that sense, mm-hmm. being the first mages. So, of course, she's going to be powerful. So I don't know if it explains it here, but we can just say that now. Yeah, we we see Kitsu. Kitsu was this elf, but now it's like an elf fox demon and like gets the help of this flying like griffin basilisk, basilisk that's what it was they're also uh, is it kitsu also using the illusion magic there yes, yes because she's crossbred with well uh, you can also attribute it i guess partially to tetra because tetra was in on this the whole time right yeah true I so guess. i don't know so because it was probably combined it was probably both of them tetra's the one they're so they're walking around forever and ever and ever naruto tuning exam style right where they're always like walking towards yeah. the tower mm-hmm. and she just breaks the illusion magic which seemed intense as hell like her doing that whole thing and to me right away that puts her on yennefer in her prime level like i think that we can assume that because I think I think she might be stronger. She could than be because she like, is yeah. I was not scared about, of fire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is awesome. Because right there, that's respect in itself. Because Jennifer's a beast. Oh uh, hell yeah! 
But yeah, that that breaking of the illusion starts this epic battle where they I love these two tag teaming together. And this is the part where I was like, OK, like Tetra's going to be team good guys. Yeah, right. Yeah. I thought Vesemir was going to persuade her. Dude, her arrow magic is so badass. I love I when she does that. that. <laughs> it's so cool. He saves her and then she saves him. Yeah. It goes back and forth. And then they end up taking it down. The finishing move, oh, was so cool. I think what is she? She creates like an ice barrier around it, and, and then he fucking sticks his Vesemir, hand through yeah, it, just fire fucking... magics it. Oh. Igni uses Igni. Yeah, yeah, that was so fucking. I love that. Yeah, so tough. Again, that like I personally think it might have been a little bit overpowered, but it looks dope as hell. Yeah, and if that's the way we're going with it, that's fine. I mean, if, even if you say overpowered, like we just said, we just compared her to fucking Yennefer. So, mm-hmm. well, no, I was talking about, about him. Uh, yeah, yeah, like a Witcher using magic. But either way, uh, you know, Kitsu is like crying over this and then runs away. They follow him. It goes back to the lair. This is where Philavandrel comes back in. And there's like another elf demon splice that they're kind of debating about what to do. Philavandrel wants to take it saying, hey, maybe like spliced with genes of a demon, but a stone elf. Like, let me take care of it. And Tetra's like, kill that bitch right now. Yeah. Sorry, I do want to cut in. Just go back a little bit of to the knife throw that fucking uh, Vesmir does when Kitsu turns into a fox, runs away into the avalanche. That might be it. Or yeah. yeah, he's running into the avalanche, and like right before the avalanche hits Kitsu as a fox, Vesemir does this badass knife throw. Yeah. Doesn't hit the hit something, but it, it wasn't the fox. I think it hit her, the fox, and just injured it just her. Just injured her. Yeah. Okay. And and but, they use that to follow it. Yeah, we get into the uh the then the crossbreeding thing again. Yeah, and then this goes all back to the idea of like what the hell is mutating all of these new monsters and why are there different breeds being crossed and making more making normally peaceful elves into vicious demons. Mm-hmm. That's like the whole problem, right? And he has the Vesemir has the flashback to an earlier conversation that we didn't talk about, but he has a conversation with Deglin and they're it's really cool. They're sitting by the fire and there's like a basilisk tooth and they throw it in. And he's like, oh, that's not a griffin tooth. Mm-hmm. Deglin's like, oh, I can choose. I was like, oh, what does that mean? I want to know like what they're <laughs> fucking doing. Uh, but De- this is where Deglin tells him, hey, like you're going to be taking care of the training, the new recruits, um, because there are witchers that are not returning to Caramore and they're finding more lucrative business elsewhere. And, you know, monsters are dying out. It's hard for a witcher right now. Like we're we're having a far, hard time actually killing and fighting monsters. He makes a comment saying like, if only there were new species yeah. of monsters. Said, at that point in time, personally, I also was yeah. like evil. Like Vesemir was telling him about the Leshen that he fought in the opening scene, saying like it could talk. And Deglin's like, mm-hmm. hey, like I've never heard of that, but yeah, like we could use a few new monsters to kill. Mm-hmm. So, so Vesemir remembers this in Kitsu's lair. Like they and, see everything all spliced and fucked up and experimented on. So he starts getting suspicious, which and leads he, him to leave his boy Luca and eventually yeah. when get back to the castle. But question, and this is embarrassing that I don't really know this. Is this a common knowledge thing that has happened throughout all of it? Like is, are there constantly mutated monsters in the books and shit that I just don't really remember as being like a huge part? So, so I think some of the, like the new monsters, like some, some of the monsters Geralt didn't even really know the name of. Like yeah. he just like saw them and like what the hell is that disgusting thing? I mm-hmm. think that could like be uh, like was this uh, an a, idea a gene of, like in the, thing. in the 
in the books? Was this the idea that like there's a re- the reason like there's so many crazy monsters like Geralt ever say that to Siri while they're walking or something like I or no. is this a new thing? Because it could be new. It could be new. Now that you say that, um, I feel like they do touch it in the games. They talk about like they do splicing and just experimenting on demons and stuff. Okay, but then again, the games do take place way after this or yeah. witcher 3 takes place way after this. they just so, skip all the science in the books and they just go right back to it in the games probably That's all probably. the monsters yeah. yeah but no i think luke i think this is the first time they explicitly say mm-hmm. like hey this individual was creating new monsters and i think it's stuff. also the first time we explicitly are shown that how the the extinction of the creation of witchers happened mm-hmm. right yeah it's just kind of assumed, right, that the mages died or whatever. You don't really know much about why they can't, especially in the show. They don't tell you at all. They say like, "Yeah, we can't make witches anymore," and they, I feel like they cut them off anytime he like tries to answer it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's season two is going to be like all of that. I would hope so. I, and I think, um, I mean, it's going to go into Siri like training and stuff like that. So you know, we'll get to that. But yeah, I think that is a new idea that they had about splicing genes and stuff like that. But the the fall of Karen Morn, not a new idea, but they never talked about how it happened. Mm-hmm. So that was the cool part about this. And that's pretty much where we get to right now. I mean, Vesemir sees, like, has that realization and he says, okay, I'm going back right to Karen Morn and I'm going to try to find out what's going on and I'm going to confront Deglin. And when he leaves, that's when Tetra stays behind and waits for Kitsu to come back. And Tetra herself uses her magic, causes an avalanche, destroys everything that Kitsu had right there. So when Kitsu comes back, completely pissed, and Tetra's like, hey, I know who did this. The witches did it. Take him down with me. Mm-hmm. I just want to make a comment here because it's a perfect time for it. Just the racism going on in the show, just between like elves, humans, witchers, just everything. Like There's just bad blood that's displayed really well here that continues in the books and oh, i think so it'll eventually books, yeah. yeah just because i think so at this point in time what phil evangel like it was explaining in the cave was that um the humans eventually just basically pulled uh like a thanksgiving day murder on fucking all of the elves essentially just like okay like they needed resources they took our resources mm-hmm. like save this crossbreed girl just because we don't have anything else you know so there's just hatred breeding hatred at this point in time. And the same thing goes with Tetra and the Witchers, just hatred breeding hatred. And it's just no one can see the peace on either side. They both just want to massacre the other. That's very faithful to the source material, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another thing I've noticed here, and tell me if I'm wrong about this, but didn't it look like when Tetra, you know, she she did all the magic to basically flood the the caves and stuff and hide it. She absorbed the lifespan of all the trees and killed all the trees to use that magic at that level. Did she? Yeah. And the, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because that further confirms to me that this is meant to be a show thing, because that's a huge difference from the book and the show is in the, in the Witcher show, they make it a point when Yennefer is doing all of her training, you have to steal life Mm -hmm. from something to use magic when that's not a thing at all in the books. So like, even when, um, evil witch at the end of the show um fringilla fringilla yeah when she's shooting the huge cannon she's literally having her mages like sacrifice their lives to do mm-hmm. it when i don't think that's ever mentioned in the book so no. and if, the... if if i caught that detail right and that's what it was meant to do then this is definitely meant to be a show you, you caught it right i'm re-watching the scene right now and it it's makes like it a point the light, where it's right? pull, pulling aura from trees yeah. yeah i don't think you you don't you, you see the barrenness afterwards yeah, yeah so you're exactly. completely right yep 
Yeah, that, that's a big difference that a lot of fans are kind of split on between the show and the books is in the books. It's kind of like elemental power. Mm-hmm. Like it's you just kind of have it and it's through the elements that which you get your source. And in the show, it's like, hey, you need to destroy something to create something, mm-hmm. um, which personally, I think the show doesn't do a good job of sticking to later on. Yeah. Like whenever Yen uses magic, but uh, it that is a really sick detail that you guys caught that I'm really glad that they included it. Cause mm-hmm. that's sweet. Yeah. And like I always say, it's fine. If you have a crazy power system, just make rules and stick to it. So if they're doing that, fuck yeah. Don't watch why no, no, if you like that, if that's your thing. <laughs> yeah. I, but I do watch, watch why no, no, Herb. <laughs> it's great. So yeah, Vesemir goes back to Caramore and he looks at the lab and Deglin comes in perfect timing and he's confronting Deglin and Deglin's like, yo, you're not fucking like ruining everything I worked for. Cue a fight. And I mean, this is just so cool. It's like, you know, student, mm-hmm. the, the the protege versus the master at this point. I was waiting for Deglin to say something along the lines of like, I know all your moves, all this stuff. Yeah. He didn't say it, but I was waiting for him to be like, I trained you all this stuff. Like, I know mm-hmm. what you're going to do and kick some ass. But they were both equal, I would say. And that's probably just because Vesmir is a lot younger and probably basically in his prime right now where Deglin is definitely feeling the effects of the alcohol over yeah. the years. <laughs> and he's definitely a little older. In older the background gray. of all of this stuff happening is when the rally of Tetra, she full heel turn goes, leans into being evil, right? They kill Luca. She mm-hmm. starts raising the army. They they like tell Ileana, basically, go fuck yourself. That yeah. witchers are... She yeah. she made it a point that to prove that witchers are all evil. Like This all happened yeah. because of the witchers, so the, she got what she wanted. She got a little bit of proof um, from the opening scene where that lesson killed the whole family uh, they made it a point to say vesemir didn't bury the bodies and so people are saying oh the witches waited for the families to die mm-hmm. and then stole everything um they went to back to the the bar like you were just saying like oh they killed these good noble soldiers for the kingdom and this was the final straw they had slight evidence but all the evidence was was the word of gilchrist that they are creating monsters so which are stay important so they're killing people mm-hmm. and that's when luca gets his head chopped off and i think now is the perfect time for me to mention this piece of information that king that idiotic king is the great 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 name? great uh king dagrid dagrid whatever it is he's the great 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 blah 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 blah, blah grandfather of calanthe Okay. Oh well, it wouldn't be that many greats. I mean, it's not that many greats, but still, <laughs> but yeah, it's like that's great, pretty great. cool. Yeah, so that's a descendant of Siri right there. That is awesome. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm. Or ancestor. Of ancestor. Siri. Yeah, not descendant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Siri is the descendant of that man. That's how did dope. how did Siri get all the way down to Sintra? Caduan's all the way up the top. I don't know. There, there's got to be some crazy. There might I'm be a sure. connection, but it was. I don't know because it wasn't ever mentioned in the show that he was related to Calanthe or whatever, but people brought it up because I think just off the name alone, they were like, okay, yeah, that's relationship. So hopefully he or his at least story of his ancestors comes back up and to how they get into Sintra. Hopefully that's dope. Mm-hmm. So back to the, uh, Cal and, you know, the, the fight gets broken up when Ileana, you know, escapes the castle comes here and says, yo, like this is about to happen. Right. Yeah. And then I think that's when Tetris shows up. Mm-hmm. Tetris, Tetris at the gates yeah. with her army. And they're like, Oh, it's not too bad. And then, you know, Tetra sets up, opens up some portals, and Kitsu is in the Red Swamp, just sending all these monsters in through the portals. And the witches are like, well, shit, what the fuck are we going to do? Balls to the wall. But like, also, as this is happening, two things happen, right? We have, we find out, like, now we get words dialogue that says, 
you know, they're in the they're in Calmore and all the all the witchers and they're saying like we cannot let uh Roderick die because if he dies, the ability to make more witchers goes out the window. So that already escalates the stakes. Mm-hmm. And for anybody that knows anything about the show, you already know what's gonna happen eventually. But that's just cool because Vesemir, while he doesn't approve of the methods, knows that he needs to keep this dude alive. They want to keep producing witchers. Mm-hmm. So that happens, and then we have the the the, the kiss, right? Yeah, which I loved. I did not. He's like, <laughs> I thought that was awesome. I was like, dude, he doesn't even care. Yeah, and she's like, I'm seven years old. I'm not cute. Yeah, doesn't even care. Yeah, <laughs> loves loves her for who she's she like, is. I'm 72, motherfucker. Yeah, I love that. That was such a good line. She's like, please, I'm 70. He was like, dude, so am I, bitch. <laughs> that was sweet. Yes, but this battle is fucking epic. So Couldn't good. have just, asked for anything better out of this. This all, short. Story. All the monsters just rushing the front gate. They're going over the the keep bridge and. Vesemir's telling all the witchers, like, all right, wait, 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 and then use your Igni and then just fucking light everybody up. So badass. And then, you know, you know, like we said, balls to the wall. They just start running. All the witches just, all right, set your sights on a monster and kill it and then move on. And it was just like, bang, bang, bang. Because you do think in the beginning, like, when she shows up with all the humans, it's like, okay, they even make the point. Deglin's like, ah, it's a bunch of fucking humans. Like, cakewalk we got this but yeah. in reality not even close to that like they fuck up all the humans basically i want to say in this war but like the monsters are just too much for them the fight man was so good like we we've been saying the choreography was amazing but like anime transitions to different parts of the battlefield and different fights and like it was there was so much going on but at the same time nothing was like too busy or you couldn't completely comprehend what was happening um you know just switching from vesemir fighting on a dragon and uh, his boy Tomas or whatever coming in using Ard on his like stump mm-hmm. and just killing it and saving his ass and it was so good. Tomas is the one that jumps off the bridge like he's trying to save Vesemir who's hanging off the bridge mm-hmm. right and then the the thing starts rushing at him and he's just like fuck and he like he falls and Vesemir saves him somehow. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, that was all great. I love the line too where um, Deglin and Vesemir finally make up because like okay we got to we got to get through this together if we want to survive. And he's just like, can you forgive me long enough, young fella? And then just go into the castle and just fucking dude. I wrote down that that their team up was one of the best fucking like 10 seconds of the entire thing. They're like, they're like fighting together. And Oh my God, I'm getting chills right now thinking I'm literally, I literally have chills. That was such a cool animation moment. Mm -hmm. They just work so well together. Cause that's, that's master. This is, I want to see that out of Geralt and Vesemir. Cause that would be that sweet. would be there's incredible. no way though vesemir is definitely on his last well i guess he's technically not but he's probably so old and they could the, take it, any approach they want he can swing the sword yeah. but i don't know how well he can swing it he's but already cast i forget who he's casted like the actor that's going to play vesemir in season two but i if he's young enough then who cares i'm in i, I say full send in. yeah but then things get really dark as vesemir continues on while deglin stays to fight a monster you see these mm-hmm. monsters fucking eating alive like one of the witchers spike the heads uh spiked heads of other witchers mm-hmm. going around the monsters are just having the time of their lives right now but at this also at that moment when it looks like you know a bunch of the witchers are taking it that's when we get the cool flying fight and he's using the attack on titan chain to the best abilities mm-hmm. and the, it, he like has a sword like a million miles away attached to it and he like pulls himself back towards the flying monster oh that using was so need good to change direction in the air all that shit like so bad awesome. And we said it before, but I'll say it again. This was a great way to show how Karamorn became ruins. Like mm-hmm. at, in the books, in the games, you just accept the fact that Karamorn, as as long as you've known it, has always been ruins. It was attacked way before, 
and has never really been built back up to its old self mm-hmm. with you know just parts of a castle here parts of a castle there but this was a great way to show how it actually happened i agree i just couldn't have imagined anything better it's yeah a fucking bloodbath and i love when that human with the like the scar the zuko prince zuko scar on his face like <laughs> Uh, Vesemir comes in off flying one of those guys, uh, the basilisk essentially, and the thing just beheads mm-hmm. that human. <laughs> what a great scene. It's I, lo- I was not expecting this kind of violence out of the show, but I loved, loved every second. Yeah, hell yeah. So then this gets us to probably the climax of it when we're back in the oh alchemy my chamber. God, yeah, this scene did a number. Dude, this me. was a really, <laughs> really intense this scene. This scene did a fucking number for me. I loved it so much. So Ileana's with the the young Witcher children. She tells and, them, "Oh yeah, yeah, Ileana." She okay. tells them to go off, run basically away. run away. Uh, who we find out is eventually big reveal. Geralt. He's mm-hmm. like, "I haven't. I know an exit." And they're like, "Why do you know about that?" And he's like, "I'm trying to run away." <laughs> like, <laughs> For a little bit. yeah. So, he like laughs, but he leads them. Yeah, he's he's bald, which is wild. I what the well, fuck? so we'll talk about that at the end. Let's just keep okay. going because that's just a small part. But yeah. so then once she sends them off, Ileana's like, "Okay, now." I'm going to go for whatever reason, help Vesemir essentially. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have the big showdown of where Ryderick and Tetra are in the alchemy room. She's about to kill all of them. Um, and that's when Vesemir shows up. So fucking cool. It's just action. Vesemir getting pissed off, taking the potions, going full like Hulk mania. Well, even before that, he gets Scarlet Witched, right? Oh, yeah, like before, where right Kitsu before, yeah. runs up and does the Avengers 2 thing to him yeah. and just like mind fucks him. Right when Vesemir gets in there, Kitsu goes up and makes him like see Ileana like with the yeah, art and stuff. Yeah. He breaks through that quote unquote vision mm. into this new vision. Yeah. 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 With, where it's like that was the greatest twist yes. to me in this whole yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. So, like they were saying, we did a poor job explaining it, but breaks out of the first vision, comes into quote unquote what we think is the real world, is having this amazing duel against Tetra with her fucking arrows and the fire <laughs> magic and the te- she was teleporting him from room like oh sides of the God, room. Oh my God, it was so You good. come at me with magic tricks? Dude, yeah. she's like shooting her. She's literally just portaling it like, yeah, like yeah. the video game portal. She's shooting the arrow and like opening mm. it up in the other spot. Because she knows that he has to get in. He knows, she knows that he has to get in close because the only way he's going to do any damage is with the sword. So yeah. she just, when like he runs in, lunge. yeah, just teleports him yeah. back and forth. And holy fuck, it's a great fucking battle. What he does is he goes and stabs Tetra in the gut and then Kitsu, who's on his knees, he goes over to Kitsu, does this little dash, cuts off Kitsu's head real quick. So Kitsu's head, when it gets revealed, Kitsu's face goes away and it becomes the alchemist. Right. It becomes Roderick. Roderick, yes. So then he turns around and is like, wait, then who did I just stab? And it turns around, used to be Tetra, it's Lady Zerves. Yeah. And then he's like, wait, wild. this isn't fucking real. Like, this can't be real. Like, I just killed the the wrong person and then all of a sudden gets fucking hit in the back tetra's in the doorway it was like and this is where she spills the guts of to why she hates witcher so much she was a little girl hiding in the closet and it, it, it's really cool because that was the witcher's weakness was the sensitivity to their heightened senses mm-hmm. and she said i didn't know this but i learned it and then i realized that the witcher heard my heartbeat as i was hiding in the closet as he stabbed my mother with the sword so we realize her tra- tragic backstory, her mother's death, and her beginning of hatred for the Witchers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking wild. Well, before so before the final death, right? Like, don't we have a final 
saved by Deglin, who comes in, who's also dying. He's the one who Tetris, actually ends up killing. Tetris Tetra. giving that monologue, going up, about to kill Vesemir, who's yeah. injured, and all of a sudden, axe in the back. Deglin crawled his way all the way to this dungeon, and he's in the doorway, throws the axe, and then dies. Right, Throw, dude. One just, last toast, too. Just yeah. one last toast. Get rid of that too. one blemish of creating more monsters, and Deglin was great. I, he was so cool. He was great. I know. I want like a game on him. I do want to also say I really liked in the fake fight against Vesemir and Tetra when she does one of the teleportation portals. He she thinks he has him in the teleportation, but it's just the arm that comes out on the other side. Yeah. And he didn't actually go through the portal. He just like paused and waited a second. Yeah. And then slices her yeah. fucking head off. She turns around where the other portal should be and he's not there. And then yeah. there's like, oh shit, slow motion. Yeah, yeah. And it's one arm to Vesemir. But yeah, Deglin was amazing. Hey. In the end, at least, like even though he was evil, he was bit I mean he was the reason all this kind of happened to be honest. Oh, yeah. I mean, but in the end, I think he redeemed himself a little bit, not fully, but a little bit to the point where I was like, okay, yeah, respect for this guy. Definitely. How cute was and it? The, yeah. Were you about to take us to the lake? Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, just going to say, how cute was it? You know, <laughs> like, they, thankfully the, the illusion that was Ileana didn't get her head just completely cut off. Just killed a little, you know, so it should have been technically, it should have been her. head. So it was swath. Yeah. I see what you're saying now. Yeah. It was swapped. It was, it's weird how they ordered it, but it is really swapped how they did it. Um, but yeah, she's like, should have died. She's 70 years old, has a sword through her gut. Like, she should already be dead. But <laughs> Vesemir picks her up, takes her to the frozen lake, uses Igni, makes it into a, an actual lake, and she's, oh, how beautiful, and then dies. So this the only is... two other things that we had were that we missed, or one thing that we missed was he, um, Vesemir did let let Kitsu live. Yes. Yeah, uh, so Kitsu's watching Vesemir hold Ileana in his arms. And I think who was it that says just let him? Doesn't someone like say he let makes him a decision? Oh, Ileana just, says, he, like, yeah. Yeah, he could have killed Kitsu, lets Kitsu go, then brings Ileana to the to the lake and lets her die in his arms. Do we think mm -hmm. we're gonna see Kitsu again? Do you think it's like because so, elves I think can live long lives, right? Like they're oh like God. crazy long. Ages. Yeah. Crazy long, yeah. So it's possible. Well, I don't know. I guess maybe not in the show. I was thinking maybe if they do another movie kind of thing where it's like after this and Geralt's a little bit older, it's like a prequel still just, to the show. I just but... think it was more of a thing just to highlight how Vesemir has morals and is a good mm -hmm. person. Yeah. Okay. Got morals slowly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It took him this event to pretty much get morals. Yeah. But the le if uh, we do anything else we want to say about the lake, because I don't really care. Nah, <laughs> like I mean, if Ileana is not cool. a real character, I, was... I don't really care. So the la last so, reveal. Yeah. So the very, very last thing that happens is after Vesemir makes his peace with Ileana's death, he rides off with the knowledge about the escaped new generations of witchers, the only ones that are surviving. And he, he rolls up to them. It's four kids. Uh, it's four kids. Yeah. Decide. And he just gives them the option. Do you want to be witchers or not? And then we find out, of course, mic drop moment. That it's Geralt. Yeah, mm -hmm. he says, decide. Geralt asks the question, but they hate us. And he says, there will always be another monster, Geralt. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, ah, Geralt's the first crazy. one that grabs yeah. it, too. He's in. Yeah. Yeah. Geralt, Kai, you ass looking motherfucker. So <laughs> this isn't going to mean anything to anybody that hasn't done the games or the books. But the four kids, I think we, we were saying it earlier, are Lambert, mm -hmm. Ramus, and... Eskel. 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 Yeah, yeah. So the two are, you know, they're going to be in season two. Lambert and Eskel are going to mm -hmm. be in season two. Ramus, do you guys know who Ramus is? If you know, if you looked it up, don't say anything. But mm -hmm. do you know who Ramus is? I didn't look it up. He was in the show. 
Was he? Yeah. Oh, I think I did look it up then. If I, I was looking up the name. Oh, was he the one that died to the streaker? Yes. Yeah. That was uh, yeah. That was yeah. 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 That's fucking dope. Though. That is cool. Yeah, because you find out like these four are the ones that hold the clan together. I don't even know if clan's the right word, but it's a faction. Pretty whatever. much a clan now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> say decimated. I'm gonna say if you want to get into the Witcher, this is the perfect way. Like at least the television show, this is the perfect way to get into it. Like yeah. amazing animation, soundtrack's incredible, voice acting's incredible, just a flawless movie in my opinion. does not ruin anything for the show it yep. actually gears you up to know what yeah, you exactly. should expect and gives you some lore about the it's hundreds of years in the past so and again we get characters from this movie in the show like phil evangel and um gerald obviously yeah but great. the reason gerald was bald was just so they didn't have to it wasn't obvious when he had the white hair white hair yeah well, <laughs> that, was, that was just it that's fake like he should have that's, that's strange though because uh the actual reason why he has white hair is because like you said earlier when he was going through the trials he had such an exceptional abilities that they actually did further testing on him and advanced testing. And that kind of explains why he might be a little bit stronger no. than everybody else and have what, but that's hair. the thing. The trials are done. They're extinct. They already happened. Like, cause the mage is Roderick is dead. Like they're already done. They, these are the surviving four of the whole, Okay. Like they're already on the path to being witchers. Like they have the abilities. They survived the trials. People yeah. are people. I'm looking it up now. People are are guessing that he's bald because of the trials. Like, yeah, I think I think he already and then, and then he'll take the potions of extra whatever not like stuff it is, and then he'll get his hair, what his white hair. Yeah, are his eyes witcher eyes? That would solve. Yeah, they are witcher eyes. They're at these, the end. Yeah, they're okay. There you okay, go. There you go. There yeah, you go. already already went through the trials. So, okay. so Geralt is bald as a result of the witcher trials. Yeah, and that makes sense. And I that's fine. Even though that book wise, it the timelines don't really line up, but it's fine. Oh, and you can and, and in the beginning. Now I'm thinking about it. You can like remember when they're saying, uh, "Let's go get properly drunk." They're listening to the kids screaming, like they're going. Yeah, through yeah, the, yeah, They're they going are. through the potions anyway. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I forgot about that. So I don't have. I feel like we did a really good job of hitting everything I wanted to talk about there, but I do want to bring up the two issues I wrote down prior to even starting this podcast. We already covered a lot of the first one, which bothered you a little bit was the witcher's OP powers of using magic. And I think we kind of beat that one to death. I agree mm. with you, but just, just for the sake of the anime style, I'm all in. Yeah. And it was just cool. And the second thing that I saw a lot of people on Reddit and like a lot of people on Twitter or whatever complaining about was the monsters mm. that got brought to care Morn shouldn't have been like why were they not first they should have been killing the the people that summoned them like yeah. well, they're not like a, they're not like aligned and second because kitsu can still talk to him so i was thinking just kitsu made an order like don't kill like something along the lines of don't kill the humans just i, I kill don't think they're like the sentient enough to to have thoughts like that for the most part but we saw that kitsu was able to control their thoughts like i okay. think I, I just think that was maybe part of kitsu's ability just that okay. like, she can literally just mind control these things essentially sure and then the, the last thing i'll say on this is just that i want to say that um this isn't even my knowledge. I'm just like regurgitating other knowledge that I read. I didn't even know that this was really a thing, but apparently it's pretty, it's, it's implied in the books that the fall of Kaer Morin was directly caused by humans. Meaning like to, to make the symbolism that like that humans can be evil too. And they're mm -hmm. the ones who brought the fall of the witchers down, not monsters. I mean, technically there were humans, the people that were helping Kitsu and, um tetra were humans technically yeah yeah i, I just mean it should have been no monsters well, yeah i agree I, yeah i get what you're saying and i guess i guess technically they can say oh like technicality 
humans did cause this because they were terrified of the witchers and they yeah. didn't think they were they thought they were these monsters therefore that fear caused you know them to get attacked and stuff like that and for but, the record neither bothers me at all yeah they will this is hysterical because I had, you know, two final sections, things I wasn't a big fan of and things I liked. And I had two things that I wasn't a big fan of. And you just named it both. So we're good there. there you uh, go. But yeah, I actually read one of the writers was doing a Q&A. And one of the big questions is like, why were the monsters so willing to team up with Tetra and the mages and the humans? And they were like, hey, like, that's a fair question. Um, to be honest, we didn't really think about it too much until we got questioned on it. And I was like, well, that's <laughs> yeah, upsetting. That sucks, yeah. Um, but I it's I guess it's like one of those the enemy of the enemy is my friend type of deals. Mm -hmm. Um, but still, I was a little confused about it too. But things I liked, things I really, really liked, um, just two things. One, the battle of Karamorn was out of this world, and the only way that they can portray that is through this anime style. I was watching an interview with the showrunner Lauren Schmidt uh, Hissrick. And she talked about one of the things, like what she does a lot is just get ideas pitched to her. And she's like, no, we can't do that. It's too expensive. This will never look good in live action. There's just so many th restrictions uh, that, you know, they can't do a lot of things they want to do, but then they get introduced to this anime style and they're like, we can do anything. Like, oh, idea? Like, hell yeah, do that. Put yeah, that in there. Put that, that in is there. the main reason why live actions of animes 99% of the time blow. Like, Dragon Ball Ev mm -hmm. Evolution oh God, sucks stop. because you just can't match that level of CGI with just flawless animation. What's the only good live adaption? Come oh, on, it's regard. Uh, it's oh, regarded uh, well. Alice in Borderland. Oh, okay, that one. Okay. <laughs> Two of them, actually. That one's the shit. With a of a classic anime, what's the only live adaptation, adaptation that worked? Adaptation that worked? Not Death Note. Nope. No, definitely not Death Note. Yeah, that flops. Uh, for, I can't think Not of Full God. Metal. Nope. That did not do well either. <laughs> Most don't. And One Piece is coming out eventually i'm, nervous, I'm right? very fucking prayers, nervous prayers Baruni kenshin's the only one that is considered uh, really yeah. good yeah i remember but i'm actually sorry to cut off and just go to a whole nother route but i'm actually looking at the beginning and Geralt in the beginning has hair he's blonde and blue-eyed okay then, yeah so. so that makes sense oh, yeah, yeah, totally. they did show they did zoom in on him and i was wondering what the okay that makes total sense That's of him. why he shed his hair perfect F final question for you paul here because you, this just, I thought of it as you were talking about what you liked about it. And you said you liked the animation and loved Care Morn. So, what battle was better? The animated battle of Care Morn or Rick action. and Morty's Blood Ridge? <laughs> I was actually thinking about that <laughs> because I was talking about that. I honestly want to say that th this yeah, was, no, it was, was better. This, definitely. Battle of Blood Ridge was sick, but um, this, it was just unbelievable effort and production value so pleasing just watching the transitions like i was talking about earlier five minutes in i was all in on the animation when yeah. i saw how he handled the sword how they drew him killing and like they were not afraid for blood gore like the witchers were getting destroyed at some points Rip. i love how it can be dark like that mm -hmm. and it still just be organic like it was just great yeah the dude's eye was getting eaten out of his fucking face during the battle <laughs> <laughs> like it's crazy one thing that i really liked about this movie that i hope will roll over into the netflix series is you know we talked about it already they talk a lot about caramorn how witches are made the, the trials and all the processes so now that they've done this and it's a Netflix movie as well, hopefully they won't have to 
dwell on that process too much in season two of the witcher hopefully they can be like okay our fans saw this hopefully we can skim over it and not waste too much screen time i'm honestly kind of hoping that they do like maybe not a trilogy of the movies now but maybe like even a sequel to this movie i think i would be absolutely fine with i think what i also was reading too is that this movie I was upset because the only one book none of us have read was season of storms. And mm. apparently this movie has a lot of ties to really season of that's storms. so lame. Yeah. Isn't it? That's so lame. So I'm, I'm thinking that maybe they could, they could get away with one more movie as like a younger adult Geralt. Oh, there's, there's like, and still like, yeah, all the pre-series era of Geralt's, Geralt's life is open for interpretation. You could do whatever you want. And I would be fine with one more movie. If they don't want to do another movie, also fine with me, but just a lot of questions left. And I hope we get more into maybe like mm. I really liked Tetra Gilchrist as a character, to be honest. I'm upset that she is dead. Maybe I she hope, has a sister or something. Yeah, that's what, like yeah. I'm hoping maybe she for whatever reason maybe had a kid or you know something along those lines. We found sister. out one of the mages in Yennefer's like because she could be circle to could Yel- be something i would be i would love if like somehow they tied her to yennefer and some oh my sense. god that'd, yeah that'd be awesome because yeah. then that would mean yennefer's descended from the first magic user and that yeah, exactly sense. and that would make sense exactly yeah. so i like the idea of having that first human mage introduced in this movie and then hopefully becomes a bigger part in the later on but we can go around just out of 10 what do we think this movie was 10 Nine. I was, I was gonna say nine <laughs> and that's crazy because paul is usually like the diehard give me more witcher kind of stuff so i mean maybe that plays into it maybe he's a little <laughs> bit more picky than me and luke but i would I say 9.5 i think it's because least. paul played the games is the is what's there's oh, some yeah. things that are there and i get that i haven't 10 out of 10 yeah i would say 9.5 at the least like it would, yeah it's such a perfect movie. i mean i think it's what is better what is netflix animated that is better that, that might be my single singular favorite piece of media that netflix has animated people can art would argue castlevania i think right yeah i was gonna say castlevania is the only thing that comes to mind but i thought this was better than Beastars castlevania sucks <laughs> <laughs> shout out alki yeah, <laughs> so anyway yeah nine overall. nine 9.25 i'll bump it up to that right, so just average just, score is a nine and a half at least between us so yeah. that if that tells you anything watch this fucking movie and get into the witcher watch Ooh. it it's unbelievable it's so good season two Coming out December. Cannot wait. We will obviously be covering that. Obviously. And we're going to be the fucking act. We're going to be the Witcher podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> heard it here. But until then, that's going to do it for us, guys. If you like what you heard, our podcast covers a little bit of Netflix's Winona Earp, uh, the brand new Loki series, Shadow and Bone, WandaVision, season five of The Magicians, Amazon's The Boys. We cover a lot of really good stuff. You're on the World Wide Web. Go to follow on Instagram and Twitter and hit subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on our website, bingetowntv.com, and keep an eye out for our brand new Patreon with a whole lot of bonus content. Once again, guys, this is Bingetown TV, and thank you so much for listening. Never hesitate. Damn, a little fuck up on the, no, this on the is very Binge- last one. <laughs> you were cruising. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 